Welcome back to the Common Sense Mental Health Podcast. This is your host, Timothy Crumley, and I'm with my co-hosts, Emma Cranston and Carlos Merced. Uh, And today we're going to be talking about uh, finding a therapist, um, a process that um, can have many hurdles and many steps for both therapists and clients alike. So we're going to dive into that and talk about that. Um, But first, here is a little bit more about what we do. So Common Sense Mental Health is a, it's, it's basically the overhead for a group of private providers, uh, licensed mental health counselors, social workers, uh, and we operate within our own practices and we provide uh, teletherapy throughout New York State. We also provide in-person therapy as well within the capital region. And all of our providers are competent in teletherapy. Uh, we specialize in video, phone, as well as text-based services. And some of our providers have their own practice that work with Common Sense and in those practices, they may be overseeing uh, interns or um, sort of pre-licensed providers who are under limited permits uh, or something along those lines. Uh, but that is Common Sense Mental Health in a nutshell. Um, any questions, you're always welcome to reach out and ask, and we will be happy to answer. So, yeah, finding a therapist. Um, first off, just as we're starting, how are both of you doing today? <laughs> I am good. I was like, Carlos is about to talk. <laughs> no, I was like, I was going to talk, but then for, for some reason, I always think you're going to talk first. So I, I like to give you like a, a buffer before I like talk <laughs> over you. I don't know. I guess that's a pandemic thing now where you kind of like wait for people to talk because mm-hmm. people are always talking yes. over each other. Uh-huh. Um, but no, I am good. I slept in a little bit today, which is nice. And... um yeah, it's been a chill day work-wise for me. I know you've been nice. you've been over here stressing <laughs> a little bit, um, but I've been good today. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that's no, that's good. That's 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 really good. How are things with you, Emma? Um, they are pretty good. I this week has been pretty busy, but I'm I'm grateful. Not that not that I wish this to happen, but I did have. Um, a couple of like fortuitously placed cancellations today. So I just mm. like had a chunk of time as opposed to an hour here, an hour there, um, which was very good. Like nice. was necessary. I, I wasn't responsible with it. I did not complete my notes or anything, mm. but you know, yeah, <laughs> it was nice to relax. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, that happens. I think with the, with the few of our providers, I know with Tim, cause I see him every day, obviously. Um, <laughs> he does want to see his clients, but it is nice when like someone cancels and like another person cancels versus where one cancels, you have a session, another one cancels, you have a session. Yeah. yeah. So it's nice when it like, you know, the stars are aligned and you get like three cancellations back to back. Yeah. So. Yeah. For me, it, if, it depends on um, what I'm able to get done in that time. Mm-hmm. So if I'm able to like in that hour, get enough done or get certain things done um i'll feel better about that if it feels staggered like you just described carlos and i don't feel like i've been able to get anything done in any of that time it feels even worse because yeah, like so not only did my client cancel and i'm not getting paid for that time or i am but we, i can't do the clinical work with them but i wasn't able to get something else done too mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. just drives my ocd mad that's what we want to yeah. call it yeah. um yeah so yeah that's it really depends and yeah i get that mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm glad i don't have to deal with um, scheduling appointments and dealing with cancellations. I would be like the meanest person about cancellations. Oh yeah, no. So we'll have that happen, and he'll be like, "Oh, so uh, did you charge the client?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, 
Like, well, I understand if it's like the first time or like it's an actual emergency. But most of the time, I'll, I'll hear it from like one of our providers or from you. It's like it's an ongoing thing or like they forgot or like come on like your time is valuable and you need to get paid for that time it if is. you i charge and i have charge time. i do charge and i have charge yeah. cancellation fees yeah. for the record um yes do i ha- do i have a system in terms of you know when and how that happens yes i do mm-hmm. um but yes i do charge right. cancellation fees well, so. well to your point it's like it's it's like what you said like when your um cancellations are staggered throughout the day it's not only you know, annoying because you're not working with the client or getting paid. It's annoying because you have to go through that throughout the day. Right. Like your entire day gets messed up essentially. Right. And that's that's just my point. Like yeah, I can understand cancellations, but yeah. It needs to be a good reason. Absolutely. Yeah. I honestly hate charging cancellations. <laughs> I will do it. Yeah, you know, same I hate here. It. Same here. And it's I, been- and I that's why I don't I I'm glad I don't have to deal with it because I would hate doing it too. Mm-hmm. But, and, but it's the thing, like, it needs to be done or oh, else yeah. they're going to keep on doing it. And, it. and that's usually how I put it to the client. I'll say, yeah, no, we got we to gotta do this just because, you know, that is the policy or I'll, you know. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah. S- speaking of this, so totally off topic, <laughs> but, and I was talking about this before the podcast started. And this, so this would be my check-in. Um, so I'm doing okay. Um, yeah, morning was really busy and stressful, but I got, like, a lot done. So it's not, you know, it's fine. Um, I, and I think this is just one of those COVID related stressors where I work from home all the time now, which I love, right? That's, I'm also fortunate in that I can do that. And I enjoy doing that Two very like privileged things, acknowledging that one thing though, that is getting under my skin is the fact that we have four pets. And as you could, I'm sure hear just now, our cat who wants to be outside, he doesn't handle being outside well because he disappears and uh, we just don't trust what can happen there. And when we say outside, we mean like on our balcony. Right. He'll jump on the off. second floor. We would like to leave him out there so he can get some air, but he jumps off. He jumps off and he goes into the woods and then, you know, yeah. it's a whole You're thing. a little crazy man. He is, he is. He is. So now he, he bellows this and I'll be in sessions and, and <laughs> you know, because if I'm doing my sessions out here and everyone else is on the other side of the apartment, um, he'll be out here and he'll just start bellowing his meows, just like mm-hmm. singing that he wants to be out there. Yeah, yeah like yesterday um, he was nearly like howling. Yes. He, he was howling to yes. go outside. I call he that, was. my cat will do that mostly for food, and I call it meowling. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. It's so, yes. It just captures it, right? It yes. does. Like, it does. And, it, and it's cute when like, I'm not trying to do something, but I f- I'm finding that my tolerance while I'm working for like pet related stuff. And again, it's mm-hmm. like, they're pets. Like it's not, like it's not their fault. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm finding that my tolerance has gone down, and yep. that's another good example of this is our our one dog Maya, um, and she knows this, so she'll she'll get up, and if she wants to get my attention, she'll shake because then her 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 collar will jingle, and I'll be in a phone session with someone, she'll walk up next to me and shake, <laughs> and then I will you know very quietly I will pop the 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 collar off of her, um, and she'll just kind of look at me like oh, <laughs> and then you know and then it's just like. It's having to like navigate that with yeah. with them. It's just I'm, I'm you at got a point. Smarter. Yeah. I, well, well yeah. no, because our pets are very persistent. They're um, persistent. They're smart. Maya they're... is a husky, so she is a talker. So if you take away her harness or her her collar, she will then proceed to like talk to you, talk to you, and yes. it's, it's like a yelping like, yeah, it's yes. And most <laughs> and that's the thing too. I've never had any 
like issue from it in that like all, all my clients are great about it and if anything they find it funny or if they're a pet owner they actually they I think they like that because they oh this is my therapist dog and he's going yeah. through that too mm-hmm. and so like it's fine on that front but like from a professional end it drives me nuts yeah because I'm all about the sacred therapeutic space and if there's background noise or I'm just like so yeah anyway so that's mm-hmm. my that's where I'm at today mm-hmm. and it'll be okay mm-hmm. but yeah <laughs> yeah feel better um, so somewhat. I, I think when this podcast is over, I'm, I'm going to vacuum and then leave the apartment. I think that's... That's fair. Something, something like that needs get to happen. Get some air. Get yeah. some air. Go, 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 go to Starbucks, get some coffee. Yeah. yeah. That might be, that might be what's on the agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that said, we can, we can transition into what we're here to talk about. Um, <laughs> not my pets. Um, but, um, yeah. So finding a therapist. Um, yeah, this is, this is, a, this is a thing. Um, my first thought is that everyone's full like when I hear that topic I'm thinking everyone's full or a lot of people are full anyway and finding open providers at the right times is kind of a sort of hit or miss at best Um, so yeah so anyway so like there's a number of things that come up for me Um, what are your thoughts on the topic that question goes to both of you it is such an overwhelming process I, I remember years ago there was a time where I was looking to find a therapist and I was a little embarrassed because I was already a therapist and it was just kind of like, um, how do people find us? Like, what do we do? And I just remember kind of like Googling my area, like therapists near me. And luckily that did work out well enough, but it was still just like, um, where do we go from here? Yeah. Uh, And it's so overwhelming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a couple of different things that clients can do, but um, I think a lot of, I don't know, for me, it's like my introvertness prevents me from doing those things. Mm. It's like, yeah, yeah, you have to call your insurance provider and ask them for the list of, you know, mental health providers that accept your insurance in the area and they can give you a long list of that but then you have to go that extra step of calling the people and calling the office and you have to talk to the secretary and it's I don't know for me that's that's another step where it's just like oh I don't want to do all of this yeah so yeah so that's why it's nice for me for our practice where you can just hop onto our website you see who's available if they have a button you can click that and boom you can start the application process Mm. and it's remote pretty much all online we send a follow-up call from one of our intake coordinators Mm -hmm. just to check in but that isn't a necessary thing if you're if you're doing your paperwork if you're you know handing in your insurance um you won't have to talk to anyone till you get to your provider which is nice but i think a lot of what for a lot of people that's what's stopping them from Mm -hmm. really finding a provider is having to do all the interaction right that's what I think, and anyway. Yeah. Realistically, a lot of people don't even know you can call your insurance. Yeah. Um, yes. Like, I, I remember walking through that with so many clients at my previous job. Like, okay, let's find your insurance. And I think there, I imagine this varies by insurance company, but I think a lot of them you can also do it online now. You don't necessarily have to call at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like. It seems obvious once I kind of got familiar with the concept, but before I knew about that, it was just like, oh, wow, that's Mm -hmm. kind of cool. (laughs) It seems obvious after you know it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
Absolutely. No, that's true. And I, and I didn't realize that either until, um, yeah, until being in the field. That just never, you know, I just didn't. And again, I think some people know that some people don't, you know, because we get calls all the, all the time to common sense from different and, and usually from either the insurance provider or from a client who found us through their insurance provider found us through their insurance provider if I can talk um, so definitely people know to do that and it is a thing but yeah I agree I think there's people who who don't who also don't know to do that um, and then I'm also thinking as we're talking about this this is maybe more so for providers and this kind of, what made me think of this was what you were saying Carlos about getting people from when they first reach out to actually like starting the process and actually like working with a provider um, I think yeah talking on the phone can certainly um, uh, sort of get in the way of that, um, but also, or vice versa, not actually hearing someone's voice. Mm-hmm. The other thing I think of, though, is having a consultation with the provider directly. Mm-hmm. And this okay. is something that's come up in our practice, and I know our our lead therapist, uh, um, uh, Megan 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 Rivenberg, yep, mm-hmm. I can talk. Um, yeah, Megan, um, definitely, she talks about this all the time and how beneficial this is. And I think over the course of our practice, um, in doing what we do, I've seen that more and more as well. Um, not that I, ne- I never like, disagreed with it, but I was like, oh, well, that's okay if you want to do that. I mean, it really is crucial. Like, if you're trying to build a caseload, and then again, as a client trying to get in with, with trying to get in with someone, being able to have that ten or fifteen minutes for you basically to kind of interview each other and for the therapist to verify, yeah, this is a good fit. This client would be a good fit, um, and then for the client to decide the same thing and to be able to hear the therapist's voice and to know that they actually exist and that this is a thing and and there's also now more like accountability because now you've talked to that person and so I think a consultation for both the provider and client can really be helpful in all of that too but a lot of providers don't offer that um I know some others who do like I've seen that on site today for example that some providers do but um like you go to a provider through like a larger practice aside from us um I don't think that's a thing that generally is offered you know but that's that is something i think that could be helpful um that's kind of a side note to all of that but does mm-hmm. that that makes yeah. sense no it makes sense absolutely yeah. um absolutely why don't we take a quick break uh you mentioned psych today mm-hmm. i do want to touch on that yep. um yes. we'll take a break and then we'll come back and explain psych today that sounds good all right <laughs> hey everyone carlos here for today's spotlight we're going to be spotlighting one of our social workers, uh, Jennifer Cardamone, who is a LMSW. Uh, Jennifer specializes in navigating societal and systemic barriers. She has a harm reduction approach. She specializes in family systems, and she also has a client-centered approach. Uh, Jennifer was previously only accepting self-pay and out-of-network benefits, but Jennifer is now paneled with CDPHP. So she does take CDPHP, out-of-network benefits, and self-pay clients. Um, If you're interested in signing up with Jennifer, uh, feel free to contact us at intake at commonsensemh.com or you can visit our website, commonsensemh.com, click on new and returning clients, and then scroll down to Jennifer's profile, and then you can click a button that says click here to schedule an appointment, and you can schedule an appointment with Jennifer. All right, everyone, I hope you're enjoying the podcast and have a great day. All right, we're back. And uh, yeah, so um, I think so far we've talked about, again, if you're able to do a consultation with, you know, uh, with a new uh, therapist and the benefits for both the therapist and client um, and talking about finding providers through our insurance panels. Um, You talked about that, Emma. But then, yeah, Carlos, you mentioned at the very end, uh, it's like today. So 
I think that's a big thing in private practice that I have found. Like, I, again, I didn't know that was a thing until I was in the field. Um, and for those who don't know, I think I've shared this in the previous podcast. Uh, you mentioned, Emma, finding your own therapist going back a couple of years. Um, I've been very fortunate um, and also privileged to have been working with the same provider and therapist uh, since I was 17. So now going on 12 years, um, I've been working with the same person. And I couldn't even, I'm actually not, oh, actually I do know, it was a referral from, at the time, my mom's therapist. So again, I never had to go through this process of finding a therapist myself. I've never been in that position. Um, so entering the field, it's like today, I, I, you know, that became more sort of on my radar. I think other providers would recommend it. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm sure Megan probably brought it up to me. She's probably one of the first ones who did, I'm guessing. Um, but yeah. That is definitely, Psych Today is, is sort of the main directory, the main online directory of finding a therapist. Um, and I think a lot of clients don't really know a lot about it still, even though it's, it's very popular and it's, it's by far, I mean, of all of the listings that we've had for Common Sense, we only get them from Psych Today. Um, right. But I think people still don't know about it and don't realize that they can just go on and they can learn all about a therapist. They get a full bio. They can see what insurances they take. They can see a photo. Uh, I don't know if there's an option to have a video posted. There might be. Um, I, I think there is. Like you can send like a, a one minute like video. Clip. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right about that. Or voice clip or something. And that's up to the provider, and not all of them do that. But yeah, yeah. But that basically, it's a. But it's that's a hard. Nice, it is hard for a provider to do one minute to like. It is hard. I've, I've done that. Yeah, Tim and I know. Yes, yes. I forced Emma to do a promo for herself. Kudos to Emma, though. She's the only one that did it. Everyone else refused, and then I finally dropped it. And then Emma, she never said this. So, again, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I'm assuming Emma thought, what the hell? Why did I have to do this and finish this? And no one else did. And you did. Yeah. I was like, oh, that cringy video is there for all to see. Yeah. Um, but hey, your clients get that though. Other providers, their clients don't. That is true. So mm-hmm. yeah, they know my awkwardness before they meet me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah. So that that said though, I think um, it is it is a really great resource. But yeah, people don't know about it. And I think if more people did, it would be easier for people to potentially find someone. But again, I, there remains the issue that a lot of places are full. Mm-hmm. So even with that resource and all the things that we're talking about, finding someone who's open and who's also a good fit and who also, thanks to our lovely private insurance system, who also takes your insurance, that finding that combination can be really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, most people can't the, afford self-pay. Yeah. Right. One of the things I really like about Psych Today that sometimes I think gets overlooked is you can filter it through your insurance. I know I've had plenty of people mm-hmm. who will yeah. reach out to me through Psych Today uh, and for a while, I just kind of assumed, like, okay, they found me. For whatever reason, I assumed that the ver- like insurance verification had already happened, mm-hmm. which I very quickly learned, don't assume that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I now start responding immediately with, like, here are the insurances I accept. Do you have this? And there are plenty of people that are still like, oh, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the nicest things, just to save yourself some frustration when you're searching, is to filter it through your insurance. Right. Um, yes. Yes. Because I... I had a friend who was looking for a therapist and I felt awful hearing how many times like she'd find a perfect fit and then, oh no, they don't take my insurance or I call them and they're full and Mm -hmm. it's just a very frustrating process when that happens. Yeah. Well, that's something, and just to, again, that's kind of a tangent, but it's all very much relates to this is, and that's part of the issue, um, I think for people 
it's not even just right. It's not just that right that that's the case that you only take certain assurances, Emma. But people, I don't think know, and there's no way they would know unless they're in the field. Um, they don't know that often it is by provider. I mean, I think they reach out to an entity like Common Sense, for example, and they think, oh, well, if you know Emma takes CDPHP, all Common Sense takes CDPHP. That's actually not how it works for a lot of agencies. I'll nerd out for just a quick second. There are certain agencies, uh, specifically nonprofits, and I think some other types of agencies that are eligible to work out group contracts with insurance panels. Um, and that is a case where, you know, you go to, so such, so for example, you know, the agency where we used to work, Emma, you know, if someone yeah. reaches out for services there, their insurance is paying for that agency and whoever works there, they're paying for that. They don't care whether or not Emma Cranston worked there or not. They care that it's this agency. That's what the contract is with. But most practices are not eligible for that. Common sense is not eligible for that. We don't do that. So um, Emma may take a certain insurance panel and another, another provider may not. And if you don't take that client's insurance specifically, you don't. Even if, say, Monica does, it doesn't matter. You can't take it. Um, they won't pay you. Um, right. So, but I think, but people wouldn't know that. How would you, I mean, how would you know? And I think that's what happens to people see that, you know, they read maybe the first provider on our list, it says CDPHP or, and they just automatically assume that, oh, well, everyone must take it and they forget. Yep. Um, and that's an understandable assumption. I, that's the totally. assumption I would make if I weren't in the field. I would be like, well, we don't just take my insurance period. Like, I don't understand how this works. Yeah. You know, you're going to say something. Well, I was going to say to, to an extent, you can't see that provider like there are other options out there um i again i don't want to really confuse anyone but if you do end up liking a provider and it turns out they don't take your insurance there's a couple things you can do you can call your insurance provider and see if your specific plan covers um out of network benefits so what that means is uh like let's say emma has cdphp but you have mbp um if you call mbp and they say oh yeah we'll cover CDPHP at a rate of 80% and then you have to pay the remaining 20% of your bill. Like there's places that can do that and yeah. it is a headache sometimes, but again, if you really like the provider, it's it's worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, if if with our practice anyway, if it's something that you're having an issue finding out, I can have our biller look into it and verify if your plan covers out of network. Mhm. Sure. Absolutely. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and just as you were saying that, I'm just, again, all the issues that come with a private healthcare system, like, it, yeah, it's just it's, like... it's a pain. It really is, and it's just, you know, it should, that should not that should not fall on the client, but you're right, mm -hmm. it does, and you're right, that, that, that yeah. is an option that they can call, um, and even, you know, even just to simplify it, if they call their, their insurance rep and just blatantly say, listen, this is who I want to work with, this is why they're a good fit for me, how can we make this work? And they can really push and advocate for themselves. They may get somewhere mm -hmm. um, or they may very well not. Right. Um, but yeah, but then again, even that takes an, uh, a certain amount of stamina. It takes a certain amount of persistence, um, persistence, support. Mm -hmm. um, their clients come to us and they're not in a position to do that. They don't have the bandwidth to do that because mm -hmm. of what they're going through. Anyway, um, but you're right that that is something that, you know, could be an option. And you're right too, that we can also verify on our end if that client's insurance plan takes um or takes uh, out of network providers yeah. Um, yeah 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 i was i'm having that or i'm not having that client of ours having that issue now where she can't really get in contact with her insurance provider for some reason so i offered to find out for her and she's very nice. thankful but we're waiting on that verification but yeah it's, right. it's possible that you won't be able to connect to a case manager that can help you and 
it's yeah, it's a crappy system. Yeah, it's absolutely. So mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, Emma, do you have any thoughts on that, or anything that comes up as we're? Um, it's kind of jumping ahead, but I'm just thinking of how frustrating it can even be. So you know, I go on Psych Today and I find somebody's profile and I reach out to them. And they say, no, I'm not accepting clients right now. And maybe I filtered it through my insurance. Uh, But, you know, I have this colleague, and I know they're accepting clients. So now I reach out to this awesome counselor's colleague, and I find out that they're actually not accepting my insurance. And it's just such a frustrating process. Mm -hmm. Because even for the therapists that you reach out to initially, they may not necessarily know what insurance every other provider is offering. It would be great. Like, I know... Within common sense, if somebody reaches out and I either don't accept their insurance or not accepting clients, whatever the case may be, I can't work with them. I will reach out to the group like, hey, so-and-so has this insurance, who accepts this and has open availability, um, so that I can at least try to verify that the insurance piece is not an issue. Yeah. Um, but I will also own that if I'm trying to find a match outside of common sense, I don't always know every single insurance. Ever. Like, I can't guarantee that people are accepting clients. Like, it's just, yeah. it feels like hot potato for this client where it's like, That's oh, okay, this one didn't work out. No, this one didn't work out. Another one didn't work out. Yeah. And it's easy to get kind of disheartened with that. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I get that. I've had to do that where um, at certain points we would be full. None of our providers were accepting clients regardless of the insurance, and that we would have to refer out. And I would know of a couple places like in Saratoga or in Albany that are accepting clients. But again, I don't know mm-hmm. what insurances they're taking. So, yeah, I can refer you there, but that's, that's pretty much it. I don't know any more details other than they're yeah. taking clients. Right. And then, yeah, it's, it's a, like you said, it's a game of hot potato. It's like, I don't know, but here you go. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. really, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I know what I, we've been fortunate, I think, within common sense. This is what I've done. And actually, I did this recently and I got two people who reached out. Um, if I have, so like right now, I have two clients who have, they have friends that are looking for therapy. And okay. um, either we're trying to refer them to me or just to someone I know. Um, so I reached out to our group and said, hey, I have two potential referrals. This is what I know about them without sharing any PHI. Um, and two providers pop back and but again I don't know their insurance yet I don't know you know so this is this is where that comes in right be great if they are able to work with them but there's still uncertainty around that and we could end up in a position where we end up having to refer them out and then right there's that game of hot potato again Mm -hmm. who takes your insurance and um and of course this all goes back to again very various systemic issues it goes back to privilege um the worst you know the the cheaper and, and the worst quality your health plan is um, and those things are very much correlated. Um, the fewer options you have, um, yeah. you know, like you know, we've, we've run into this with uh, straight, uh, well, both straight Medicaid and uh, Medicare, um, but Medicare specifically, don't even, they don't even recognize LMHCs. They only work with social workers and specific social workers who, you know, go through their process. And I think there's like two options in Albany, like all of Albany, there's like two like private practice, social work options, therapy options for people who have straight Medicare. Um, so for older folks who need tele, right, who need, you know, services that we probably specialize in. And so, I mean, it's just like it, it goes back to all of these various discrepancies um, and, and to the various aspects of our class system that we have. Um, yeah. It's disappointing. Yeah. 
It is. But I'm hoping that as we're talking about this, some of the things that, and specifically what you're throwing about, Carlos, some of those things can be helpful um, in terms of navigating it. Right. And also just having the right expectations, knowing, mm-hmm. you know, that, that this is the process and as, as wrong as it is, um, yeah. 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 Um, sorry. No, I was just saying it's the reality. Oh, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So the, the last other option, which is not an option for a lot of people, but it's it's an option. You can ask the, the, the practice or the provider if they do work on a sliding scale. So, like, in the meantime, mm-hmm. if you are trying to get insurance, your insurance straightened out or you're trying to figure out some information, it might be best just for your continuity of care to pay out of pocket um, based on a sliding scale. If you can. If you can. Yeah. You, again, ask the provider. I know our sliding scale goes down to a certain rate. Um, and then, yeah, some people may go lower than that in other places, but you have to ask. You They, you, they won't just right away offer it. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, that's the other option, I think. Um, yeah. Yes, it is. Anything else on that subject? It's like today? No, I mean, that's a good point with the sliding scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and places really ethically should offer that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that's, yeah, every every practice has to have a set rate, like a set price. That, mm-hmm. that can't fluctuate or it, it can officially change from time to time. But that has to be set. But they should offer a sliding scale for people who you know, can't afford that, that rate. Um, um, no, I don't have anything else to add to that. Okay. So let's take one last break (laughs) and then we'll come back and we'll talk about things that providers can do in their profiles Mm. that can attract potential clients. That sounds good. Cool. Hey everyone, Carlos here for today's spotlight. We're going to be spotlighting one of our social workers. Um, Susan Mackert. She is a LCSW. Uh, Susie specializes in emotion processing and regulation, communication and assertiveness skills, anxiety, stress management, and life transitions. Currently, Susie accepts Anthem slash Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield, CDPHP, MVP, out-of-network benefits, and self-pay. If you're interested in signing up with Susie, you can read a little bit about her on our website, which is commonsensemh.com. Click on new and returning clients. You scroll down and you will find Susie's uh, bio. Unlike our other providers, Susie does not have a, uh, an appointment button. So if you are interested in signing up with her, please email us at intake at commonsensemh.com and inquire about have, uh, scheduling an appointment with Susie. All right, guys, I hope you're enjoying the podcast and have a great day. All right. So, yeah, I think this will be probably our last segment. And yes, Carlos, I appreciate you bringing that piece up, too. This is um, and actually this is important for both clients and therapists still probably more so for therapists. But um, what attracts clients and what is helpful for clients in a therapist profile and bio? Um, Absolutely. So since you brought it up, I'll let you start. Do you have any thoughts? Let's see. Well, for our practice, we don't really have a standard for the profile uh, picture or the the bio at all. Um, So a lot of our providers have different types of photos. I see. Make it sound like a free-for-all. But yeah, it is pretty flexible. (laughs) Well, we don't want to really tell someone how they should be 
presenting presenting themselves to their right. clients. Right. So I, I think that's that's a good thing. I think we're not trying to make everyone seem like, oh, we're super professional with a like blank white background and my hair slick like people can put, you know, pictures up there that they think will attract clients. Like for for example, um Carolyn, our one of our providers has a picture with her dog. Yep. And I've had multiple clients reach out to us specifically for Carolyn because she had a picture with her dog. Yeah. <laughs> I remember her I remember her being very um and anything understandably, she seemed very like self-conscious about that. Yeah, she was she's like, like oh, I, I don't a professional. Which I mean and and I heard her, but I I made that point to her. I said, you know, honestly Carolyn, you may actually get clients because mm-hmm. Because, right, you're showing that you're a dog lover. You're showing, and that says something about a person. I'm biased because we have dogs, but that says something about a person. Um, so, yeah, abs- I think you're right about that. And she, yeah. has, she has received clients in part because of that. Yeah. yeah, so I think in the picture, it's best to to try and show you mm. in the picture versus just yeah. trying to put on a facade of you being very professional. Some people like that, I guess. Like, if that's literally what you want to put up there, it will attract clients. But, again, if you're looking for a certain... Um, I don't know how to say like a certain type of client, it might help to make your picture more relatable to that client. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I think that does highlight nicely for the clients looking for a therapist. Do I want somebody who I perceive to be as like super buttoned up or do I want somebody who seems like a, a I don't even know, like just a more personable maybe. Mm-hmm. That's um, fair. Yeah. You know, like it, a picture says a lot. It does. Yeah. yeah. Um, as well as what goes in your profile. Um, a lot of providers um, tend to put like, just like, like it, it might be nice to kind of like um, go into a little bit of detail of something you specialize in versus I specialize in this, 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 like. Yeah. Well, and again, in Psych Today, what, what's nice about that, for example, is you check off those boxes when you're creating your profile. Right. So you'll have that list anyway. The client mm-hmm. can scroll down and see a list of very, like, finite. So they just want to know, okay, yep, he specializes in relationships. That's Good. all you need to know. Right. Great. Or, right, they can search by that. or But, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that that's something that you're right, that if, if they're doing a narrative for their bio, they really want to go into more detail mm-hmm. than that versus having to be like bullet points. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I also I think it's just nice to, when you're going into that narrative, you're you're focusing on something you genuinely specialize in Yeah. versus I'll take anyone. Because yeah. in reality, you you won't take everyone or you can't take anyone. You're not, you're not going to be a you know, specialist in every field yeah. in therapy. So... Um, I think focusing on what truly is your specialty will help in getting you specific clients. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Any thoughts on that, Emma? I completely agree. And competency comes to mind for me. Like, not to say you can't be competent in many things. Like, you can have, because there's a lot that can be overlapping. Um, But if I'm just checking off every box that's available, I'm lying. Like, (laughs) I, I just can't be that great. Um, so (laughs) it does come down to like, what am I actually ethically competent in? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that for clients reading a therapist who's checked off every box, it does kind of bring up that, that doubt of just like, ah, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Right. (laughs) Like you have experience in all of this. Are you sure? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because then it's almost like, I, I don't know, when I read that, I assume that there's like you're kind of tokenizing the one client you worked with who held whatever that yes. identity is. You yep. know, like, yep. it just, one time is not competent. Right. Absolutely. No, that's a that's a good way of putting it, Emma. I think, I think people do that. And beyond that, too, I think there's also, 
legitimate variations just in that experience, right? So it's like, yeah, you can maybe check off the box for relationships. You've, you've done that. But is that like really like what you're passionate about? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you had to have one particular type of case or client that you feel like you would be really good working with, is that it? And, and right, do you need to go into each and every single one? Or right, that can be on a list somewhere, but what your narrative is going to focus on is what you're truly passionate about. And, exactly. And because mm-hmm. I think, because then if you can be, this is going to be deep for a moment. If you can speak in a genuine way to that, I think that will be read by the client. Oof. Right? Very deep. Does that make, does that make sense though? It's <laughs> it like, does, yeah. because if Absolutely. you can be genuine about that versus, because I think you're both right, going off of a list, and especially if it's a very long list, that doesn't come off as genuine at all. And the client's not going to connect with that. And they shouldn't, right? That there's no uh-huh. reason to connect with that. Um, yeah. So no. Yeah. I was going to follow up with some, you know, something about that. And it completely, like, in, like, two seconds, I forgot. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> it's insane. It's impressive the way the brain works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Um, what was I going to say? It's because you're almost 30. Okay. That was mean. Is 30 a bad thing, Tim? Oh, that's right. I forgot you. <laughs> you crossed the threshold. No, I'm just, I'm conscious that I'm almost at that point. I'm almost 29. I'm not almost 30. That's true. You're, you're younger. Sorry. So. Um, none of this is going to be in the podcast. <laughs> wow. Um, what was I going to say? I don't remember. Okay. Where, where did we leave off? So I, I just made the... I made the You're point. talking about genuineness. Yeah, that okay. if, the, if the profile is genuine, and, and it can be genuine by the provider talking about something that they're passionate about versus listing off a bunch of things, that will be read by the client. Yes. And the client will pick up on that and, and be more drawn to that, probably. Okay. I can bounce off of that. Okay, go for it. Um, I think that genuineness is absolutely necessary. And I know previously when I was writing up my Psych Today profile, somebody had given me the advice to, I forget how they would fit, essentially like write my profile how I would want, as if I were a client looking for that therapist Mm -hmm. and I I, I'm butchering the wording but something about it was kind of like right as if it's the therapist I was looking for and I recognized that if I'm looking for a therapist I'm not actually looking for a therapist who's like me my ideal therapist is actually not the kind of therapist that I am Mm. Um, I don't know what that says about me actually I should unpack that someday but (laughs) I felt like I want to write as if I am a therapist in a session not Mm. getting deep necessarily but just like if you come to session with me am I going to appear consistent with my bio mm-hmm. um, I think some of the first drafts of my bio were like the super cool stereotypical buttoned up therapist which I'm super cool but I am not buttoned up mm-hmm. you know like yeah. I am full of quirky humor I am full of like a lot of facial expressions I speak casually. I am not going to be throwing out a ton of jargon at you. I am not going to be like, ah, the thing you're describing is because this neurochemical in your brain is blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, that's not what I'm bringing to therapy. Yeah. It's great, but it's not what I am bringing. Um, so my hope, at least, is that the way my bio is written captures me as a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I think that is one of the more important things because it can feel very, like, a person may feel duped reading a bio expecting a certain type of therapist and then being met by somebody completely different yeah um, so genuineness 
all day long in those bios. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What? No, I... Did that bring it back for you, Carlos? Bring it? No. Um, I, I actually remembered what I was going to say, but it kind of doesn't tie into what we're talking about at all. So I don't even know why it came into my mind, but... <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Yeah, no, and I think you, I think you, you nailed that, Emma. And I, yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. Um, yeah. So what I was going to say <laughs> is, um, what's nice, I guess. I mean, it kind of has to relate to what we were talking about. I do this a lot in our podcast. I like <laughs> question my thoughts like out loud. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's up with that? I don't know. Anyway, so what's nice about our practice is we do have that group chat with all the providers in there. And it's like when someone does have a request from a client that they know they they just wouldn't work well with or just don't specialize in, we can pop into that group chat and our group is comfortable enough to say, yes, I can work with that client, but it's not something I specialize in. Yes. Where I feel like in other places um, that I've worked in, it's like, so this is a client. I know you've taken clients like this before, so here you go. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. oh, if, oh, if that, if right? That. Or it, it could be it'll be spun as, well, this is this is a new experience, but this would be a new right. a new case. Um, you know, well, actually, I have you know past trauma, and I and I and I really struggle with working. No, 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 but you'll be able to work through that, and, yeah. and you'll see. It's it's like yeah, it's essentially clients and providers are forced together when it may not be the yeah. best fit, which is not good for either. Party. It's not mm-hmm. good for clients and it's not good for providers. And, and I didn't mean to, to hijack your point, no, but that's... just to validate that you're mm-hmm. right. Like that is absolutely a cultural thing within the field. And, and I think there's something about, you know, overcoming one's own countertransference with clients, which I'm not against that. There are times and places for that where that can be really great and powerful. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that providers know their own limits and lines within that kind of transference. And as a supervisor, exactly. if you're pressuring your providers to take on clients they're not comfortable with, you're doing something wrong. Right. Okay. And there are supervisors who could listen to this and totally disagree with me on that, and they can do that. But yeah, you're, you're doing it wrong. That's, that's not, you're not progressing that person's career. You're not, you're not benefiting the client in any way. If anything, the, the client may be lucky if the provider is able to compensate enough for being put in that position, which a lot of providers are. You know, I think, you know, we probably have our own experiences with that, Emma. I know other, other providers who do. Um, so that's, you know, good for the client. But ultimately, yeah, that's not the best case scenario. And I think you're right, Carlos, that part of what's nice about how we do it. I mean, as our model, we can't, you know, I can't dictate who takes what, right? right? That's not, I can't dictate anything clinical. But beyond that, um, even that being the case, we, we wouldn't do that. Like, no. that's just not because no. I, I don't I don't believe in that. If, if someone's not, you know... For that client's sake, they should be working with someone who feels competent in that area. Like, it's just, it, no pun intended, but it's common sense. Like, it's just like, mm-hmm. I don't, and you're right, that it's nice that we have that group because we can, we can, um, you openly know. speak about it with each other. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, and I, I'll see that then a lot of side conversations will start. And okay, well, you know, Absolutely. direct message me privately and then they go and do that and that referral process happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's also a nice way for, for people to, widen their horizons it's like yes we have that group it's something you're not comfortable in but maybe it's something you think you would like to try and there is someone who says yeah i'll take that client then within our group you can reach out to that provider and be like hey can we talk about cases like that yeah can can you can we you know can you mentor me a little bit on that and i don't know that's just yeah i like seeing that in our in our practice yeah absolutely my consultation group is the coolest so, uh, yeah. 
You guys do have the best crew. Side note, you guys have the best crew. Yeah. Yeah. We have so many resources. It's great. <laughs> they, they, they do. They do. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's a good point, too, that there was a lot of that consultation, either one-on-one or within groups. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool beans. Any final thoughts on this process for you guys? Yes. <laughs> this is the thing that I harp on all the time with everyone. So I probably have even said this before on the podcast, but this is directly to clients. It is not always going to be a fit with every therapist, and that is okay. Mm. Even if you find somebody on site today, and they sound great, and, you know, they are consistent, their bio and their presentation is consistent, but for whatever reason, and it could be something as basic as just, like, we're not vibing, and that is okay. Mm. Like, I think a lot of people can, and this is just based on, like, anecdotal evidence of, you know, people in my life who search for therapy my lights are flickering because there's a thunderstorm so oh, if i disappear i, <laughs> I saw that though i saw the little yeah yeah yeah, yeah. do you hear the thunder sorry about that that's fine um anyway <laughs> it is okay if you don't match again a lot of people in my life kind of find the therapist it doesn't match and it, there can almost be that temptation of just like throwing in the towel giving up on therapy mm. obviously it's not right for me yeah it, probably is right for you it just wasn't right for you with that person yeah Um, that's right a a therapeutic relationship is still a relationship so we all bring our stuff into that that's right um i i compare it although obviously it's a very different professional relationship but in terms of that trial and error process i compare it a lot to dating it is it's it's similar in that you're trying to find a fit for a very intimate relationship and again it's not at all dating in many ways it is ways. not the same people it's not the same um, it's so funny because it's so true like one of my yes. closest friends was trying to find a therapist and she just messaged me one day and she was like this is legitimately worse than when i was dating yes like, yeah. yes totally. oh my god totally yeah. and, and you said that well emma it's, it's not that therapy isn't the right fit but right that person may not be and it may be several tries which uh-huh. so now thinking about that in the context of the system we just described if you have lack of resources or you can't afford out of pocket and you have limited options as, as it is, now you have to, quote, date or, you know, try out yes. providers in that pool. Um, that is, oh my gosh. That think, is rain on the window. Oh, it's oh rain, God. wow. <laughs> it's really sunny here, and so I'm, I'm wondering if we're gonna see that shortly. You'll see it in five minutes. Probably. Yeah. There's like a lot of wind, thunder, thunder, thunder and lightning, and that's rain. So. Oh my gosh. Oh, I can't wait till it comes here. I know. I'm ready to go outside and enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> well, that said, so no, I would fully back that up, Emma, and that's a really, really good point for people to think about. I think that is often, understandably, that's kind of a stopping point for people, right? Yeah. They'll try out yeah. one or two, and then they get tired of it, because who wants to keep trying new providers? Like, yeah, but that, that is part, that can be part of the process. And Emma's final thought ties into my final thought, which is really, like, you don't have to settle. Like, if you, you don't have to settle on the first provider you choose, um, but be mindful that there is um, a way to kind of like separate yourself from your provider. It's like I've dealt with clients that have just blatantly just been like, oh, that, that provider is too inexperienced for me or that provider is too young or, you know, but like you don't have to be like that blunt about it. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> no, we, we're not going to work um, and I will look for someone else. It's, it's fine to do it that way. You don't have to like directly insult the provider you're leaving. Right. I've had some fantastic terminations with clients where it is just, 
for whatever reason, sometimes it is like, oh, you know, you're a woman and I really feel more comfortable with a man. Cool. Like, I can't change that. So, yeah. cool. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about finding a male therapist for you. Right. I, I really value what clients can share that with me because then I can hopefully make some recommendations as well. Like, hey, here's a therapist I know who accepts your insurance and is accepting clients and they sound like maybe a better fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if there's value and hopefully your therapist can, like, navigate through that with you even though it is termination yeah and that's something that, that, that clients should know because i've seen providers not do this across the board um it is your provider's ethical duty to help you navigate that referral process that totally. it is unethical to just terminate and now granted if a client says no i'm good i don't i don't need your help with that then yeah. the provider's off the hook essentially but the provider needs to help you and especially like if you haven't said that or you haven't you know that's not where you're at um yeah, that they, they should at least be offering and saying, hey, can I help you find referrals or find, um, and again, a lot won't do that, but they are, you're absolutely right, they are supposed to do that. Yeah, and we yeah. do that here. And we do that here. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah, but that was my final thought. Don't settle. Don't settle. Mm-hmm. Don't settle. Um, again, back to that whole, like, dating thing. Like, right. you won't just settle on a person, hopefully. Right. Well, but again, you know, I don't, I don't mean to keep harping on this, but that there is privilege in that though, right? It's like, yeah. you know, how picky can you Absolutely. be when, you know, and it could be something where someone may give a provider more of a shot, quote unquote, or give it more time because there are so few other options. Mm-hmm. They're, they're stuck with them, right? It's like, so it really is imperative, imperative for the provider to do everything that they can to try to not just be supportive of their clients, obviously, but um, to even talk about that or, or like you said, I'm like set the stage for that so that if the client can feel comfortable enough to address that, at least you're talking about it. Okay, well, you know what? I am, you know, I am presenting this way or this is, you know, what I have to offer. I, I can change this. I can't change that. And to at least be able to talk about that, especially if a client doesn't really have a lot of other options. Um, that dating process, I think, is there's more, more options and it's, quote, easier. Um, there's more to choose from the more privilege someone has. Um, yep. So that all ties into this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Any final thought? That is my, what, was that your that, final That thought? is my final thought. I didn't mean for that. So we'll we'll wrap up. Um, any yeah, any additional things before we do? I think that's it. Yeah, that's all for me. Yeah, this episode worked out well. I think so. I hope it's helpful to again both providers and clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will follow up in two weeks. Sounds awesome. good. Thank you. All right. I right, thank you both. We'll talk soon. Bye.